Welcome to the Police Fit Podcast, where applicants and serving officers can learn how to smash their fitness test and regain their health. With over 11 years experience in the fitness industry and 17 years service in the military and as a first responder, your host, Brad Williams, shares his experience and expertise in helping applicants get their dream job and serving members regain their health. Learn how to increase your health and fitness with actionable steps for first responders by a first responder. So please enjoy this episode of the Police Fit Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Now, uh, this week we're going to cover what is the best martial arts to train as a police member. Well, before we do that, we've got one quick question to cover off. Um, just this client or this person um, had some issues, a lower back spasm, and just want to know the best exercises to improve back strength. So um, just quickly on this, if you have any type of muscular injury or anything like that, firstly, go see a professional. Um, they'll be able to help you out the best. Um, you know, your, your trainer, your trainer probably means well, but they're just for the majority, not everyone for the majority, they're just not, um, skilled enough in this area to give you the correct advice. So, um, this is not advice by any means, but generally lower back spasms or issues with your lower back come from, uh, tight hamstrings. So first things first for me, if I have issues with my lower back straight away, I know generally it's my hamstrings that are tight. Um, so I just need to work on them, massage them out, loosen them up. Um, generally, that fixes most of the problems for myself. Um, if you're trying to strengthen your back from an from an injury or just getting back into it, something I would focus heavily on is single arm stuff. So instead of doing like a bent over barbell row, do like a bent over dumbbell row and you can support yourself on a bench if you need to to start off with and then take yourself away from the bench and just do like a bent over kettlebell one arm row. Um, you won't be able to lift as heavy, obviously, if you're doing single arm work, but it does bring in the the stability side of it. Um, and on that also, something that will help a lot is like offset carries. So basically pick up a dumbbell in one hand and you just walk. Um, this is something I'm doing with my coach currently a lot of, um, and it's helped me out a lot. Um, you know, my, my lower back issues are pretty much, I don't have them at the moment. Um, I'm sure they'll come back again eventually, but you know, doing a lot of like single leg, single arm stuff with a lot of offset carries has really strengthened my midsection of my lower back um, and helped me out just with a lot of balance, my muscular balance as well. Um, So just a quick one on that. Now let's crack into the main part of the episode. Now, what I'm going to talk about here and people are going to agree with me and disagree with me and that's fine um, because I obviously don't know everything. Now, just a bit of background, my martial arts experience is pretty much fucking zero or not exactly zero but um i've been doing jiu-jitsu for like three and a half years so if anyone that does jiu-jitsu or has done jiu-jitsu for a long time um they would understand that after three and a half years i'm still extremely shit at the sport um so that's my experience um i did like six months of kickboxing when i was a kid um you know my first session come home with a black eye mum didn't like it um and then yeah i cracked on for another six months and that was when I was younger. So that's, that's my experience on my background in martial arts. Obviously, did like um, your basic bullshit training you do during your military training and then also the police. Um, but yeah, three and a half years in jiu-jitsu. Um, and with that too, like we've had the layoffs with COVID, etc. So the information I'm going to give you is from like what I've researched and my own personal knowledge. Um, there's more information out than I'm sure if you do any of these martial arts, then you would have more info. 
Um, but yeah, it's just just my experience and, and my opinion on it, basically. Um, so what we're going to talk about is talking about 99% of your non-compliant arrests. So those ones where, you know, they're not armed, but you are going to have to go hands-on to cuff them. Um, obviously, if they're armed, you've got your other options, your taser, spray, gun, um, depending on what level of resistance you're facing. Um, this isn't, I'm not talking about that. So you've got obviously your your options when the person's armed, okay? And that's the stuff you learn at the academy, you know, you're drawing your weapon, you spray, all that kind of bullshit. Um, but what we're talking about here, what I'm going to discuss is, you know, 99% of your non-compliant arrests where they're not armed, but you are going to have to go hands-on with them and they are going to provide some resistance, okay? You do have that, those 1% of non-compliant arrests you know, where they're, where they're not armed, but they're fucking going to punch on with you, like proper punch on, you know. Um, for those, um, anything goes, basically. Um, you know, punching them, kicking them, all that kind of shit, all that's on the table. Um, for those 1%, you know, anything, anything to get them in cuffs, you can do anything, basically. Um, and that's just my opinion on it. Obviously, don't go to court over this over my podcast but um that's just my opinion and i've never gotten in trouble and we've had uh, the unit i was at we did arrest um extremely violent offenders and you know we never had an issue it was pretty much when they were kicking off right everything's off the table when you get them into cuffs then you know that's it they're in cuffs no more um but that's that one percent so we're not talking about that we're talking more so that this 99 percent of non-compliant arrests that you're going to come across um so a couple of things to think about, okay, when you when you are arresting someone, um, how how does it look if it's being filmed, okay? Everyone's got a camera. You got to remember, you know, you might be out in the fucking back back sticks in the middle of nowhere. That person you're arresting, they've got a camera on them. You're probably wearing two body cameras, okay? There's two of you. You got both body cameras on. You both got cameras in your pockets. Anyone driving past has got a camera. So that's something else you need to think about. All right, how does this look if it's being filmed, okay? Because one thing in film too, one thing it doesn't capture a lot of, you know, if it's from a, a distance is the verbal communication there. Um, and I've had an arrest where someone said to me like they were physically, they weren't trying to be, they didn't look like they were being aggressive, but he's straight up said to me, he goes, if you try and arrest me, I'm going to fucking punch on with you. And I'm like, okay. So then we just smashed him, took him to the ground and then arrested him. Now, if that was to be filmed, you would see a what would look like a compliant person standing there, okay, and then we just smash this dude to the ground and arrest him. It 100% would look like police brutality because you're not capturing that audio, okay. It was before cameras, body-worn cameras, so it was our word versus his. But if there was a camera that picked that up, um, you know, it would look extremely bad. So that's something else you need to, to look at, um, how it's going to look if it's being filmed. Uh, remembering everyone's got a camera. Um, is it within your use of force policy? So I'm, I was from Victoria Police, so this is the the spin I'm putting on it. Um, you know, you need to think about is what you're doing within your use of force policy because if you do something outside of that, they will fucking let you out to dry. And I and I like, and I don't want to talk bad about any organisations, but at the end of the day, regardless of what organisation, you're just a number. Okay, so if you do something outside of policy, outside of what you've been shown, okay, they will not back you. So think think about that as well. Um, is it within the scope of uh, techniques taught? So when you talk about use of force policy, um, you know, it shouldn't be disproportionate to what they're doing, basically. Um, so 
that's one thing. And then the other component is, is it within the scope of techniques taught? So if you fucking roundhouse Jackie Chan kick someone in the head, all right, when you go to court for assault, they're going to be like, oh, okay. When you went through the academy, um, on what day did you learn how to roundhouse kick someone to the head? Oh, oh, you weren't taught that. So you just went off and did it. Okay. So that's, that's one instance. Okay. Pretty extreme, but you know, that's something I'm talking about. Um, you know, and that moves on to this next one. If this went to court for assault, how would you, how would it go? How would you look, you know, were you, were you within your lines? Were you doing what you've been taught? Um, you know, was it ethical basically? So that's something to think about. But my final point on this, okay, the primary, the primary thing that you need to think about the most important thing in the world, right, is your safety, your partner's safety, the public safety, and then the offender safety. Okay, so that's the that's the order of merit. Okay, everyone goes, I always look after my partner first. But if you don't look after yourself, how are you going to look after your partner? Okay, when you're in an airplane and the mask drop down, it's always put your mask on first and then help your kid. Okay, if they're not being little assholes and you want to help them. But you always look after yourself first. Okay, so regardless of everything I've just said, okay, how does it look on film? Was it within your use of force policy? You know, was it within your scope of techniques taught? Okay, if this went to court for assault, how would it look? Regardless of all that, your primary concern, the biggest thing you should be thinking about, all right, is always your safety, your partner's safety, the public safety, all right, and then the offender safety, okay, in that order too. So I hope that's landed with you, okay? So yeah, we think about, you know, how's it, is it within my scope of practice, blah, blah, all that kind of shit, but your safety is your number one priority, okay? So we're just going to cover off, I've just picked four different types of martial arts, all right? So I've picked, and these are just ones that have been mentioned in the groups when people talk about, um, you know, what martial arts they should be doing. So one of the ones is um, kickboxing and boxing. So we'll put that in the same one. The other one is judo. Um, the other one is Krav Maga. Um, special shout out to Mitch Hunter on that one. Um, the last one is BJJ, which is what I do. Um, so what we're going to talk about is what in each one, what's taught, like the kind of techniques, um, any benefits, any disadvantages to the job. Um, how does it look on camera, right? Is it within use of force, right? Is it taught at the academy? Okay, and those are the things we're going to discuss. So first one, kickboxing. So basically um, with kickboxing, um, what is taught is strikes, you know, taught distance from your opponent, you know, taught blocking. So you strike, you're looking at like punching, elbows, kneeing, kicking. Um, you know, it's, it's good with regards to distance and then also blocking attacks as well. So for the benefit side of kickboxing, okay, for that 1% where fucking anything goes, okay, extremely good, okay? The, the, the creating like that, that teaches you how to strike, teaches you distance, all right, teaches you blocking. For the other 99% where it can teach you that distance, you know, and that blocking of attacks, okay, that's beneficial. The disadvantages, all right, when it turns to hand-on grappling, all right, which it will, it has to go to hands-on to cuff them, okay, you know, it's not not great because you're not, not shown that. Um, you know, elbows, kicks, punches, I was talking about like a roundhouse kick, right, it's outside of the techniques um, you've probably been shown now. People all over the world listen to this podcast and I think it's great and I love being able to communicate with so many people. 
Um, so like over here in Australia, I definitely know that shit's outside of our, outside of our techniques taught in the academies. Um, over in the States, you know, every area is different. So you maybe, maybe you were shown this stuff. I know when I went through Vic Pole, it was all open hand strikes, just real basic, non-effective shit. All right. Um, so if you did any of these techniques, you're going to get burnt um, unless you're in that 1%, right? So the other disadvantage is it looks extremely bad. Okay. It looks really bad. Imagine fucking doing a spinning elbow onto an offender's face. All right. As sick as that would be in that 1% when you really have to get them under control. Okay. It's going to look so bad on video. Um, and the other disadvantage is too, it, it's going to cause a lot of injury to your offender. So then, you know, and you, and you may think, oh, fuck them, fuck them, you know, they, they started this, you know, they're going to get injured. Okay, remember your remember your, your priorities are your safety, your partner's safety, the public safety, and then the offender safety. So I know in my career, every time I arrested someone where I caused injury to them, before the interview, I would sit down with them and have a talk to them. I'd explain to them, you know, you, you got this injury because of X, Y, Z. What you done caused me to do this, which created your injury. And every person I injured, we chipped a guy's tooth once on the ground. Every person apologized to me. I never had a complaint. Um, oh, sorry, I had a had a couple when it was just like, you know, when they, the complainant just fucking rags on like 40 cops at once. I had a couple of those. But um, as far as like one-to-one arresting or two-to-one arresting and injuring an offender, never had a complaint, okay? Because I was always cautious of causing injury to the offender. Obviously, that's my last priority, but it's still a priority, Okay, um, so therefore, because I was like that, and whenever I got him into cuffs, that was it. You know, I didn't didn't keep hitting him if I was having to hit him or anything like that. Um, yeah, I never got a complaint or anything like that. So the same to think about. You know, we kickboxing injury to offender probably pretty high. Um, so we now we look at how does it look? How does it look to the public? How does it look on camera? Pretty fucking bad. Um, is it within your use of force? As I spoke about before, maybe depending on what you've been taught. Um, oh, sorry, with the use of force, depending on the level of aggression, okay, yeah, it can be, um, but generally no, not for that 99%. Um, you know, is it taught in the academy? Um, no, definitely not from where I'm from. Um, it's all open hand. And from talking to, you know, other people around Australia and different police um, forces, you know, basically all open hand. Um, bullshit. So no, it's not taught. So that's another thing to think about. All right. So the next one's judo. Um, so what is taught with it? Um, throws and takedowns and um, pinning. You know the benefit and something to remember too. What I'm talking about here is what taught. What's taught? If you go to academy, they might teach something, or they might um, like with judo. You've got throws, takedowns, pinning, joint locks. You know you might go to academy where they really focus on the pin and the joint locks, or you might go to academy where they just focus on the throws and the takedowns and that's it. And once it goes to ground, that's it. You're not doing anything. So as much as I say what he's taught, all right, that's not, that's not a definite. It's whatever academy you go to, everyone's going to teach differently. Um, so one of the benefits of judo, all right, a simple takedown can be effective. Um, you know, you see a lot of technical stuff. Um, obviously, judo is in the Olympics. Um, so though, those kind of big technical takedowns, um, you know, maybe one-on-one, but you got to remember you're throwing them onto hard concrete. Um, a lot of the trips and that that are taught is super, it would be super effective. Um, you know, really simple takedowns are really effective. Um, it shows you one of the benefits is it shows you how to engage with someone. 
So where you need to grab them straight away to get the upper hand. Um, and it also teaches uh, pins and joint locks. Now, with that part from the research I've done and talking to people that do judo, they don't teach that as much, like the pin and the joint locks as far as, as much as what they do in jiu-jitsu. Um, but that's one of the benefits of it as well. Um, disadvantage, all right, you can throw, do, do a big throw, throwing someone onto a hard ground, all right, um, you know, you're really going to fucking mess them up. You can hurt people throwing them onto, you know, um, 40 millimeter padded, padded mats. You know, you're going to hurt someone if you throw them onto concrete as well. Um, you know, it's more, it's more focused on the throw. Now in saying that too, okay, that's just from all the research I've done and talking to people, like depending on what academy you go to, they might have a heavy emphasis, emphasis on the groundwork. Um, but that's just from the research I've done. All right. How does it look on camera? Okay. A, a trip looks really good. You know, it's a, it's a safe, simple way to take someone to the ground. Um, if you're fucking throwing them over your head onto their head, onto the ground, it's going to look really bad. All right. Um, use of force, uh, tripping. Yes, you are taught that. Um, like it will, sorry, use of force tripping. Yes. It'll be within use of force to get them to the ground. That's okay. Um, throwing them onto their head. Probably not. Um, going to be a definite no there. Uh, joint locks. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Is it taught? Uh, yes, some trips are taught and some joint locks in the academy, uh, but not all of them. So with that there, you've got that skill set, right, with judo. And you know, okay, what did they teach me at the academy? They taught me move A, B, and C, right? They didn't teach me D, right? So I'm going to do, when I've got an offender, I'm going to use A, B, and C because I know that's what I've taught. I've been trained in it at judo, so I know I'm proficient in it, okay? And it's well within my, it's well within my proficiencies and what I've been shown at the academy. So... I'm looking after myself in that instance. Um, so judo is a good one. Um, the next one I'll talk about is Krav Maga. All right, shout out to Mitch Hunter. Um, you know, what, what's taught in it? So um, it, it comes from a few different ones, like boxing, wrestling, judo, Aikido, karate. It's uh, basically a military self-defense fighting system. Okay, so with the benefits and disadvantages, Okay, it's going to have all the same benefits and disadvantages, right, as your judo, kickboxing, boxing, karate, all that stuff, because it, it, it encompasses all of them, right? Um, so one of the benefits of it, okay, it's across multiple disciplines, right? So you're learning a lot of different um, techniques, all right? One of, the diff one of the disadvantages of it is it's across multiple disciplines. So you are learning a lot of techniques. So... Have you ever heard the saying, um, oh, what is it? One second. Oh, I can't, I can't really it'll come to me. But basically, um, you know, you, you know a lot of things, but you're not proficient in anything. Okay. Um, so that's one of the, one of the issues I see with Krav Maga and depending on also what, what academy you go to, like if they're running through everything, all right, then obviously it's going to be hard. But if they're, you know, focusing and how consistent you're going to be with your training, if they're focusing on certain aspects, then yeah, that, that's fine. You can become really proficient in that. But that's just one of the, from the outside looking in, that's just one of the issues I see with it. Um, one of the disadvantages is that there's so many different different skill sets piled into one. Okay, it's hard to be, um, it's hard to, unless you put in a lot of time, it's very hard to be skillful across different um, different areas. Um, so yeah, disadvantages, you know, same as like your kickboxing injury to offender, you know, same disadvantages as judo and jujitsu, which I'll cover in a second. Um, so that's just something to think about with Krav Maga. Okay. 
with the um with the look of it okay obviously it can be bad but it can look good okay with the looking good obviously the simple trips and all that kind of stuff and then obviously you're looking bad you know your face um strikes to the face so that's kind of on you to decide and use what you think is appropriate at the time um use of force okay yeah some moves are in there some moves you'll be okay to use all right is it taught at the academy again some moves will be taught at the academy um so that's something to think about as well now um, the last one um bjj which is obviously my favorite because i do it um so what is taught in it all right throws and then obviously like ground control joint lock submissions um you know, it's very heavy, heavily emphasized on the ground control. Now, obviously, depending on what academy you train at, um, you know, you, you can do a lot of stand up as well. But generally, for the most part, a lot of it's on the ground. Um, benefits, same as judo, okay, um, you know, with additional groundwork. Um, one of the other massive benefits I, I see in jiu-jitsu compared to other martial arts is you can train, obviously, if your recovery is there, you can train at 100% against someone else. So you can be on the ground wrestling at 100%, okay, because because there aren't strikes. You know, when you do get caught in a submission, you tap, right, you're still going to get injured, okay. Um, injury is going to happen regardless, but I, I can't see any other martial arts. We can go in every class and do at least, you know, 10 minutes of training 100% against another person that's trying to resist you. Okay, so that's one of the big benefits I see in jiu-jitsu. Um, one of the disadvantages, all right, um, and just with that, with the benefit of being able to train 100%, all right, it teaches such a high level of resilience, um, such a high level of composure when you're in a shit position, which I think composure when you're in a shit position in the coppers is extremely important. Um, one of the disadvantages, all right, you do have to engage with the subject, same as um, judo, to use your skill set, right? You have to engage with them. Um, and with the throws too, they're, they, from from my experience and what I've been showing, they're not as technical as judo stuff, um, but you still, you know, if you do a big throw on someone, you, you're going to fuck them up if you put them on the concrete, basically. So that's something to think about as well. Um, they, you do get shown a lot of trips and a lot of like, drag, arm drags, drag them to the ground and that kind of thing, which is great. Um, you know, you're causing pretty much zero injury to the offender. Um, so look, with the with the look of it, okay, it looks really good, I think. Um, you know, stay, staying away from those big hip throws, then it looks really good on camera. Um, yeah, and that's not your top priority, remember? Your top priority is safety, but it's something you need to be in the back of your mind, something you need to think about. Um, use of force, is it within use of force? Um, you know, like if I'm arresting in a violent offender and I can do it without injuring them, then every day of the week, that's within your use of force. You know, is it taught? Yes, some moves are taught. You know, a rear naked choke, I definitely wasn't taught that at the academy. Um, you know, but something to think about, like if you if you can choke, if you choke an offender out, right, um, and then you cuff them, you know, it's, Probably going to look really bad on video, but if, if they're in that, you're talking about that like 1%, right? Where you're going to need to choke someone out. You know, you're not you're not causing any injury to them, um, you know, unless you choke them for too long. But, you know, you're not causing that injury. So it's something to think about too down the track. You know, it, think of it from the offender's point of view. Okay, if you fucking towel them up and fully bash them, then they're more than likely and you cause injury to them. 
they're more than likely going to cause, they're going to put in a complaint, right, and make your life hell. Um, if you've uh, you got them into a joint lock, if you've choked them out, you know, that 1% we're talking about, you know, then afterwards they're, fuck, are they really going to put in a complaint if they just went unconscious for a bit? Probably not. Um, so that's something to think about. The, the biggest thing for these ones, all right, is the, the best, um, and I'll talk about, so I think personally, I think personally jujitsu is the best one for, to, talking about specifically for police arresting offenders and you're arresting that 99% of non-compliant offenders, okay, I think, I think jujitsu is the one to go to. Um, you know, obviously, when I wrote this out, I was trying to be really not biased towards jujitsu, but I just fucking am because I love it, all right? So, um, you know, when I talk about the disadvantages and all that kind of thing, you know, I'm leaning more towards jujitsu as a primary martial arts for um, police members. Now, if you've got more knowledge in Krav Maga or, you know, you've done more kickboxing or whatever, then you, you've got more knowledge in me of that. So, um, you know, look look at the disadvantages. So it's something to think about, you know, look at your benefits, your disadvantages. How's it going to look on camera? You know, how effective is it for the majority of your arrests going to be, you know? Is it within use of force? Is it taught at the academy? All those things, you know, think about, um, and you can, just because I'm saying this, right, doesn't mean it's, it's gospel, you know, have your own thoughts on it, you know, think about run that, run that system through your head as well, okay, and think about it. So at the end of the day, all right, the best martial arts for you to train, all right, is whatever you're going to stick to, right? There's no reason, there's no point in going to say, oh, I'm going to go to jujitsu and then not enjoy it and only do one session every fortnight because you're not going to progress, all right? Maybe you go to your Krav Maga, right? And you're like Mitch Hunter and you just fucking love it, all right? So maybe you go four or five times a week, all right? So that's going to be the martial arts that's going to be the best for you, okay? So the best one to do is the one you're going to stick to, all right? And the one you're going to enjoy because at the end of the day, this isn't a thing where you go do for a month and then you're like, fuck, I'm a killer, I'm good to go, all right? It's a lifelong thing you're going to continue to do, all right? So make sure you pick something you enjoy, right that challenges you all right um and you know helps you helps you move towards your goals whether they're you know whatever they are your fitness goals okay you know a lot of this if you do get into martial arts side of it okay half your training can be taken up with martial arts so make sure you're enjoying it make sure you're getting all the benefits out of it okay and just saying to remember okay i just want to i just want to go back to let's go find my paper here i just want to go back to the things you need to think about okay so Basically, how does it look when it's being filmed, okay? Is it within your use of force policy, okay? Is it within your scope of techniques taught, all right? If this went to court for assault, how's it going to look, all right? And primarily your safety, your partner's safety, the public safety, and then offender safety. So I'm just going to wrap it up with that. Have a think about that. The best martial arts is the one you're going to enjoy the most and stick to. All right, if you have any questions at all, just hit me up. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Now, I'm going to ask you to do what everyone else asks you to do as well. Can you please subscribe, like, and share the podcast? The more people we can get it in front of, the more people we can help. Now, on that too, if you've got any questions at all, please shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll cover it off in the podcast. I'll give you the most amount of information that I can. And please, if you need help with your fitness, training, mindset, anything, 
please reach out and ask me. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out. You just need to ask. Thanks, guys.